from the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hi, podcast listeners. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. We're so happy you're joining us wherever you are joining us from. So true. I met somebody who uh, listens to our podcast who was come I gosh where was I I don't even remember but somebody told me forgive me if you are listening and I don't remember where I met you <laughs> but you told me of your sister I think who laughed when I once said at the beginning of an episode uh, wherever you might be whether you're listening to us in the shower or yeah. this place or that I think she, she listens to us as she's uh, tending her tomato plants, I think. <laughs> so bless you, tomato plant tender. Wherever you are, tending to your tomato plants, listening to our podcast, uh, it would be interesting if, since we talk so much about, you know, fertility and stuff right. on this podcast, maybe let your tomatoes listen in and see if they <laughs> increase in number. <laughs> Yes, in the words of the prophet Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, then. Do you have any updates for our listeners about the TOB Institute right now? Yeah, I should have thought about this before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have some updates. Um, you know, you're going to be going to World Youth Day. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell everybody. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad you said that, Wendy. Thank you. Yes, if you know anyone going to World Youth Day in Portugal... Uh, Mike Mangione and I and our trusty video producer, Juan, will, we will be going to World Youth Day in Portugal, and we are be going to be doing three made-for-more events. So just have your English-speaking pilgrims look for the English-speaking program that will tell them where to see Christopher West and company doing the Made for More events. Yes. And I believe then I'm at one other event sharing the stage with some others. Uh, and, I, you know, it'll all be on the program. But I wanted mm -hmm. to, yeah, so glad you remembered that, Wendy, yeah. for me to remind everybody, if you are going to World Youth Day or you know anyone going to World Youth Day, yes, please have them look us up to come see the Made for More event. Yes. They, they won't regret it. Yes, such a, a beautiful um invitation into theology of the body and its application to every human life and the situation in our world today and it's it's just a beautiful event so i second that call well, to thanks come. wendy yeah, i'm glad sure. you believe in the work that i do that's <laughs> that's a plus <laughs> would you like to hear a question from a patron i would let's do it this okay. is the ask christopher west podcast anyway uh not anyway but what was the word i was looking for after all. After all. That is the word I was looking for. This is the Ask Christopher West podcast, After All, hosted by... Wendy West. Here Wendy I West. Am. Here we go. This is from Bethany, a patron. Hello, Bethany. Thank you, Bethany, for supporting us month after month. We're so, so grateful to you. Hello, Wendy and Christopher. I want to say thank you for everything you both do to share JP2's Theology of the Body with the world. After desiring to learn more about... TOB. I finally got to do TOB1 online last year and cannot wait to do more courses and hopefully get my master's through the Institute awesome. if it be God's will. I recently listened to the episode on good arrows. That's in quotes. And it made me wonder, can arrows actually be bad if it is a form of love? Is 
quote, bad eros, just another way of saying porneia? Or are these two things different? That's a great question, Bethany. And I'm reminded of what John Paul II says in Love and Responsibility. He has this very curious phrase where he says, what every human relationship needs, and he's speaking specifically of marriage, but this can be extended to every human relationship, we need to introduce love into love. Well, what the heck does that mean? He goes on to explain that what we often call love is not really love. And what we call love needs to have true love injected into it. He even uses this interesting turn of phrase, which he himself comments on as an oxymoron, but he uses the phrase sinful love. And obviously, if it's genuine love, if it's really, really love, then it's never sinful. But I think it's a, a phrase worth yeah, I, th I, don't, I don't fault him for using it. I think it, it makes sense. I know what he's getting at. He's saying sinful love is love that we think is love, but it's not really love. But we still use the word love. Sinful love needs to encounter real love. Uh, and that means love needs to be injected with love. We need to introduce love into love or reintroduce love into love. So all that said, we can say the very same thing about eros. I like I like Bethany's like pressing into the word, like if Eros is really love, then can it be bad? Um, well, another name for bad Eros would be lust. When Eros goes bad, when, 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 when Eros gets twisted by sin, we now have lust. So I like the way you're using words there, Bethany. I like the way you're pressing into it. Um, I'd only say that I think in some contexts, it's helpful to talk about sinful love or bad eros or introducing love into love. It's, a, it's a, a way of using language that wakes us up to the fact that, wow, what I often call love is not really love. So maybe I shouldn't call it love. Uh, bingo. Yeah, don't call things love that aren't love. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is that when I hear you say eros as our God-given desire for the true, good, and beautiful, and we know that we're fallen, that our desires are um, affected by the fall, that one aspect of that fallen uh, experience, it could be called porneia, but there could be other ex expressions of fallen arrows besides porneia. So it's not like one and the same thing. Right, like right. When our God-given desire to pursue the good, the true, and the beautiful has gotten twisted and misdirected in a variety of ways. In a variety of ways, not only sexual. Right. Yes. yes. Good point, Wendy. That's okay. Thanks. I like words. See, words Words are pretty awesome. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is from an anonymous listener. My wife has a heart condition that makes pregnancy very high risk for both her and the baby. We found in our early months as newlyweds that using NFP to avoid pregnancy was very difficult emotionally. My wife was afraid, and it was driving us apart. We decided I would have a vasectomy. Oh, mercy. This was so hard for me because it meant giving up on ever having a baby of my own. We sure want to have babies and are looking into adoption. I've talked about all of this with a priest who left me feeling hopeless mm. because what I've done is a complete offense to God. 
did we fail that badly? Bless you, dear brother. Bless you, dear brother. I don't know what this priest said to you. I don't know how he said it to you. So often, it's not only the words that impact us, but the the melody, if you will, the way it's said. So this priest may have spoken truth to you, but he may have said it to the wrong music. I I want to speak truth to you, my brother, and I want to speak it with the right music. And the right theme song here is a merciful theme song. Mm. The very concept of sin, you use the word failure. Is that, is that how Did we it? fail that badly? Did we fail that badly? Um, this is a failure to live according to the truth of what it means to be a husband and a wife. Yes, we're gonna, we can use that word failure. And it's a serious failure. Yes, it is. We have to hold that in one hand, and then in the other hand, we have to hold the fullness, the glory, the healing truth of God's tender mercies. Right? We have all failed badly in all kinds of ways in our lives. And when we fail, it leads us to all kinds of pain and miseries. There's no way around it. But what does the word mercy mean? The Latin is misericordia. And misericordia means a heart, core is Latin for heart, misericordia, a heart that gives itself to those in misery, to those who have failed badly, right? This is mercy. This is how mercy works. There's another word for mercy, which is rahamim. That's, uh, that's the Hebrew word, rahamim. Misericordia is a more masculine sense of mercy, a heart that gives itself. We see that bridegroom gift. And think of the, the, the divine mercy image of that blood and water pouring out of the heart of Christ, those beams of mercy, the red and the white. I often show my students another image of divine mercy, which is pregnant Mary, and those same beams of mercy, the red and the white, are pouring out of her womb. Mm. And the word rahamim in Hebrew means womb, Mm. right? And divine mercy, when we open up to it, that gift of mercy that comes from the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, that leads us to the womb of Mary where we are regenerated. At the Catechism, number 1617, I know that number because it's one of my favorite quotes from the Catechism. The Catechism says, The entire Christian life bears the mark of the spousal love of Christ for the church. So we can look for that spousal mark in the mystery of divine mercy. There's going to be a masculine and a feminine, and the two coming together bring life to the world, right? The reason what you did in rendering your own body sterile, rendering your marital act sterile, the reason it's a failure, what's it a failure of? It's a failure to enter into the mystery of the Christian life, which is a mystery of the bridegroom and the bride and the life-giving love that they share. The two become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and it refers to Christ and the church. Why did Christ come into the world? Why did he give up his body on the cross? He gave up his body on the cross so that his bride might have life and have it to the full. Christ came to reveal in the world through the sacrificial gift of his body the love of the Father. 
Here we're getting into some of the nitty gritties here, but everybody knows this is a theology of the body show. So here we go. Do 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 we know, listeners out there? Do you know where we get the word testicles? It comes from the same root as words like testify, testimony, testament. The very purpose of the male body, the very purpose of a man's testicles is to testify to the eternal fatherhood of God. To render one's testicles unable to generate, to get a vasectomy is to, I mean, you are literally cutting yourself off from that testimony. You are saying, I don't want to testify through my testicles to the eternal fatherhood of God. Is that a failure in being a man? Yes, it is. But God's mercy is greater than your failure, my brother. God's misericordia can lead you into Mary's rahamim, her womb, where you can be regenerated by the eternal seed of God the Father. This is what scripture says. We are born not of a father's will or a husband's decision. We are born of God. And St. Peter says we are born of the eternal immortal seed of God. This is what the man's body is meant to testify to, the immortal, eternal seed of God. You have rendered your testimony unable to testify, but God's mercy can heal all, can restore all, misericordia, rahamim, can restore you, my brother. You can have another chance here. You can be restored in Mary's womb by God's mercy. This is the gift of the Christian life. Now, the question comes up, should I get it reversed? If you can, you should. If you have the means, if you have the ability, if you're not a high-risk patient, yes, you should get it reversed. Uh, and, and I would even say, I say this to men all the time, maybe your wife, um, maybe your past childbearing years, still get it reversed. Maybe your wife died 20 years ago, still get it reversed. Why? To restore your own bodily integrity, right? Because a, a vasectomy and a tubal ligation, these sterilizing surgeries, are not only a sin of contraception. They're also a sin of bodily mutilation. And my brother, I'm not saying this to pour uh, salt on your wound. I'm not saying to rub it in that you did something so horrific. Yeah, uh, all sin is horrific. Mortal sin is that. It's, It's death dealing. It's horrific. It is. But God's mercy is greater. Right? If, if, I, if I chop off my arm because I don't like my arm, I've mutilated my body, right? If I come to my senses and I realize I mutilated my body and I can restore my arm, I should. But I might not be able to. Maybe it's not surgically possible. Maybe I don't have the money for the restoration. I'm not obligated to do, do something I can't possibly do, right? But if you can possibly, my brother, get a reversal, you should. You really should. This is part of your own restoring of your integrity. It's your personal integrity and the integrity of your marriage. Of course, it raises the delicate question of your wife's fear, of the serious motives for, um, you have serious just reason to be avoiding a pregnancy. But also there's kind of a false security in a vasectomy because it's not a 100% uh, solution. I, I know of cases where wives have gotten pregnant when their husbands had a vasectomy. So you're, you're placing, uh, the, put it this way, the only 100% reliable way of avoiding a pregnancy is total abstinence for the rest of your lives. That's an option, probably not the best option uh, for the health of your marriage, but 
there, I know of situations, I know of married couples where they're under circumstances where love demands total, complete abstinence, maybe even for the rest of their lives. And the Lord gives them the grace to bear that, and they bear that, and they learn to love. They learn to love in that situation. So, brother, what is love calling you to in this situation? Love never calls us to sin, right? We can never do evil so that good will result from it. Avoiding a pregnancy is a good end in this situation, but that does not justify mutilating your body. Yes, you failed in a big way. Uh, I can't I can't read your heart in terms of culpability. You may have acted out of ignorance. You may well have acted out of ignorance. You may well have acted out of fear. All of those things may lessen your culpability. But even you, if you acted in full knowledge and, and are guilty of a mortal sin, guess what? This is why Jesus died on the cross. I'm guilty of more mortal sins than I'd ever want the world to know about. I'm a broken, fallen man, but I trust in God's mercy, and his mercy is real, brother. His mercy is real. Open yourself to it. Find a priest who fully believes in what the church believes and knows how to show God's tender mercies to you and confess what you've done and trust in God's misericordia and place yourself and your wife in Mary's rahamim, her womb, and allow that misericordia to regenerate you, to regenerate your marriage, to regenerate your hearts in the womb of the Blessed Mother. It's real. It's mm-hmm. real, brother. The the thing that's just striking me here was um, the, the sense in which this couple maybe, um, I don't know this for sure, but I'm imagining maybe decided to kind of solve this problem problem kind of very privately in a Mm -hmm. sense you know like they were having a real struggle in their early marriage uh, of dealing with anxiety uh, about the possibility of pregnancy and illness and you know looking back now one of the questions coming to my mind is what else could they have done rather than kind of say this is our private problem. We're going to privately go to a doctor and take care of this. Um, there's a certainly just a, a prideful self-reliance that is in the mix there. That's kind of the norm of our society. Yes, that is the norm of our society. You know, that's the way we're trained to that think. That sounds that's like whole, a personal problem. Yep. You go deal with yep. it. You know, there's not a sense, there's not an adequate communal support of one another of of a newlywed couple there's there's a lack in the body of Christ that is reflected in this story that is painful to realize is the truth here's a couple that have entered into a sacramental marriage they need the sacramental grace they right away early in their marriage experience real a trials. real yeah. trial that they they need the help of others they need reliable help to talk through what they're experiencing their anxiety their understanding of the cycle even their understanding of her health condition which in our culture you could very easily have a cardiologist or a family doctor who maybe exaggerates the need to avoid pregnancy out of whatever fears or lack of education they have so there's so many factors that where where there's an opportunity for God to work in a couple's life, and yet our culture is telling them 
you take care of it, and here's how. Yeah. And it, it's such a, a lie and an attack on, here's this opportunity, this people on their journey of life. What an important beginning time of your journey as a married couple where you need so much, you know, to be truly in grace to get started correctly and the the attack that came against them and the message of the culture that that kept them from experiencing all those things and the failures in the church i feel like the failures of the body of christ so i i do have a great compassion for them and also just a sense that you cannot go forward with that same approach and expect to you know become who God has made you to be. You have to be humbled and willing to ask for help to journey through life with others sharing in this burden of life with you, the burden of your trials that you're not alone, but people that you can trust to call you to truth, you know, that call that know that God is faithful and that will continually remind you of that and help you to find that in your circumstances to seek the help that is true help. So oh, uh, man. that's that's what we all need. We need we truly need yeah. true help. Yeah, my my old man there came from uh just remembering in our own marriage, Wendy, when we were because of our own prideful self-reliance, right? Mm-hmm. We're all this is the original sin, folks. We shouldn't <laughs> we've all inherited this. We shouldn't be surprised uh that we all struggle with a prideful self-reliance. This is our fallen condition. And we were at a point in our marriage where through our own prideful self-reliance, we were in a heap of pain. And I remember you saying, we need to reach out, we need help. And we contacted a priest friend. Mm -hmm. And this man has journeyed with us for the last 19 years of our married life. And he has accompanied us and walked with us and given us true help that that what you said there when to, to to humble yourself and seek out someone in the body of Christ who can and maybe more than one maybe yeah. i think they need uh, uh, medical help here mm-hmm. from from catholic doctors who are faithful to the church's teaching yeah. which is key right um what's the what's the organization wendy the at creighton the Paul the Sixth. Mm-hmm. We'll put a link in the show notes to the Paul the Sixth Institute for the Study of Human Reproduction and uh, NAPRO technology, natural procreative technology. They are training doctors around the country and around the world in NAPRO technology. You need a NAPRO technology doctor, a faithful Catholic doctor who who believes what the church teaches to accompany you through these health scares. You need a, a, a faithful Catholic priest to walk you through uh, the mercy, receiving the mercy that you need here. And you need faithful Catholic married couples who've been through trials of their own who can walk with you. This is a need that we have in the body of Christ. And we, maybe Wendy, you could pray for this dear couple. Mm-hmm. Um, lead us in a prayer for that the Lord will provide people in the body of Christ yeah. to, to help walk with them. And and I, I just want to throw out, I feel a desire for this couple to come to take TOB1 uh, yeah. at, at Blackrock yeah, with if us. You can't, if you can't come in person to Pennsylvania to take TOB1, uh, we'll be offering it several times online throughout the, 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 yeah. the every year we offer it several times yeah. online. So check out our course schedule yeah. below as well. And if money is an obstacle, please apply for our scholarship. We never ever want money to prevent somebody from taking one of our courses. Mm-hmm. 
Lord, I lift up this couple to you. You know the the story of their lives. You know their history. You know their present. You know what their future can be by your grace and mercy. Lord, I ask you to continue drawing them closer to yourself, even as you already are, as just the evidence of that, even in reaching out with this question. It's a sign that you, Lord, have put that desire to truly know you and to experience marriage as you have it for them. So Lord, I pray that that would continue, that they would be open to more graces, that you would send people to them to journey with them through these difficulties, that you would remove obstacles and let true help come by your grace to this couple. Amen. Our next question is from a listener named Lucia. Hi, Lucia. Bless you. I love your name, Lucia. Mm -hmm. Sister Lucia from Fatima. That's, That's she's right. very special to my heart. That's right. Dear Christopher, thank you, first of all, for your social media and YouTube content. In one of your YouTube videos, you talked about heartbreak. It was called Healing from Heartbreak. And you mentioned one book that helped you to stop idolizing relationships. What is the name of and author of this book? I'm asking this because I have a history of idolizing my partners. And after my last relationship, which ended very badly, I met Jesus and had a mini conversion. While now I'm thinking much more about God, sometimes the old pain and memories about my ex-boyfriend return, and I feel like I'm failing God and betraying him. Should I be worried, or is this normal? I was just about to call you Sister Lucia. I, I will refrain. But dear Lucia, uh, thank you for your question. And if I'm recalling correctly, I, I do put out a lot of content on YouTube, and I, it's sometimes hard to keep it all straight. But I'm, I'm recalling something I said about a book that helped me. Um, I, was, I was experiencing a lot of interior in my prayer life, in my dream life. I was experiencing a lot of memories from a, a past relationship, and I, I just needed to open it all to the Lord and, and work through some stuff. And this was years later that I was still working through some stuff. Uh, but the book that really helped me, if I'm remembering correctly, is called, uh, it's a, let me give you the author first. It's Father Mark Foley. M-A-R-C, Mark Foley, F-O-L-E-Y. The book is on the teachings of John of the Cross, but he is not only an expert in the teaching of John of the Cross, he's also a psychologist. And the, the book is called The Dark Knight. Anybody familiar with St. John of the Cross knows of his teaching about those times of purification that we have to go through called The Dark Knight. And the subtitle, psychological experience and spiritual reality. He tells a lot of stories in here of uh, his own experience as a counselor, a psychologist, and a priest, where he helps people walk through times in their lives. And he tells the story of a woman who was happily married, but years later was having these kind of nostalgic memories of a past relationship and thought she was interiorly being unfaithful to her husband, and why are these memories coming back? And um, yeah, she found just a, an area in her heart that needed to be opened up to the Lord. And he walks, I, I'm not doing it justice, because this was a couple years ago that I read this book, more than a couple years ago that I read this book. And um, yeah, he just, I remember my experience of reading the book was, wow, okay, 
this is a common experience in people's interior lives. And when these memories get tapped, uh, the Lord's wanting to take you into a deeper healing, a deeper healing from past memories and past relationships. And that spurred me on. I opened all this up to my spiritual director. I remember having conversations with you too, Wendy, about mm -hmm. some of these things. And it really took me to a new level of of healing that I needed. It sounds to me, Lucia, that your heart is just in need of some deeper healing from these past memories and these past this past relationship. So, yeah, I hope you'd find this book helpful. It was really helpful to me. And uh, we can put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. So maybe you can get it right off of Amazon. Okay, yeah. I, I think, Lucia, when you um, talked about, you, you said just a simple thing. After my last relationship, which ended very badly, I met Jesus and had a mini conversion. And I just want to repeat that for you to hear your own words again and recognize that when we experience something like that, how much the Lord who knows you and loves you was seeking your heart in that time, that that it's due to his action, his reaching out that has drawn you to himself in this meeting of Jesus and this when you said mini conversion, I thought that was sort of sweet. I don't know exactly what you mean by it, but it's <laughs> it's sweet. Maybe it means that, you know, your life maybe wasn't in need of a huge conversion, but somewhat of a conversion. And Or I heard it like she had an initial encounter with Jesus and maybe she's acknowledging, I know I need to go deeper. <laughs> that could be Could too. be that too. That could be too. We all need to go deeper That's always. Right. Oh my goodness, don't we all need those times? And especially... I can recall for myself, I, I already was, you know, wanting to walk with the Lord when I started a relationship. This was before I met you, Christopher, but um, where I was just sort of excited about the idea of dating somebody and uh, like how that might feel to me to that somebody wants to date me and what, what would this all bring? And I, I felt like somewhere inside, I just kind of didn't want to ask the Lord if he was calling me to this. I, I didn't want to know. It was like this selfish, mm. I want to see where this leads. And it was like I looked over my shoulder real quick and said, uh, Lord, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> and I turned back, you know, like, okay, let me just not think about that too much. And, and that the breakup was painful and an opportunity conversion for conversion is, uh, is so encouraging for all of us to hear that, you know, because how many of us have gone on those like tangential journeys and regretted and experienced a lot of pain. And yet that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the next chapter. And in your case, it's the beginning of a, a beautiful chapter that is, yes, as you said, you're, you're pursuing getting to know the Lord, but, but he, part of that chapter is going to be allowing him to speak to you and reveal to you things of your own heart and the hearts of people that you've dated, because that he knows, he knows all the hearts of all the people. <laughs> so he's the source, you know, of what he wants you to know, to understand in order to draw closer to him in the future in your life. I want to ask Sister Lucia to pray for our sister, Lucia. Ooh, that was well said. Well, that, was, that was pretty good, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for 
all the questions that we've received from our listeners in this episode, we lift everyone up who submits the questions, especially the ones we're not able to get to. Thank you, dear listeners, for your patience with us, especially if you've submitted multiple questions or questions that just we just haven't been able to to get to. Thank you for your patience with us. It's a limited format here. We, we usually answer about three questions an episode. That's all we're able to do. We know the last episode was pretty long, so we're aiming to keep this one short. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you again next week. Keep the questions coming. May you know it deep in your bones that you are a gift from heaven and you're meant to share that gift on earth and you are meant to become the gift that you are. Hey, that was a little different. It was. <laughs> Ask Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangioni. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes.